0: Today's program is brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Cane5.com.
1: I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more.
2: We talk about food. About music with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tune.
0: tunes I am one half your host Greg Bresnitz sitting in Mitte in the upstairs uh, apartment of the corps de bar where uh, <laughs> you put it is, uh, is yeah, like yeah. Um, who knows where Mitte is in, in New York uh, I think people know where Mitte is it, yeah. I mean it's it's made I mean Mitte is a Vienna Mitte Oh, Well, I mean, uh, considering the fact that this is a string of German oh, interviews, uh, I think it kind it's of. It's next
3: to Kreuzberg, if anybody Oh, knows. yeah.
1: Neukern Kreuzberg Mitte, is that the. What? The line of falling apart. Blend <laughs> in falling apart. I
3: don't
0: know. Do you want to go around the room and introduce yourselves?
3: Start with the oldest or with the youngest? The youngest. Yeah. The most um, <laughs> Uh, My name is Lukas Moratz. I'm the head chef. My name is Lukas Mratz. I'm the head chef uh, since day one, since three years now, almost. Almost, yeah. Almost three years. Uh, I'm from Vienna. I'm 25 years old and I've been cooking all my life, I guess. And anything else? I'm a very handsome man because you can't see me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Willy Schlögl.
4: I'm from Styria. It's the region where Arnold Schwarzenegger is from. And I'm the sommelier and
1: host in the Cordoba.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I'm Christoph Ellinghaus. I am the oldest and the best looking of this lot. <laughs> uh, I simply look stunning. People say I look great, but I, I would say I look stunning.
3: <laughs> it's nice how you can lie on the <laughs> no, it's, show. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> how you can lie. Uh,
0: uh, it's radio, people. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. I'm um, a face for radio. It's absolutely perfect. <laughs> um, Let's start with you and your background in cooking. I know you come from a family of uh, <laughs> culinary masters. <Yeah. laughs> um, so what is it, starting with uh, your father as well, too?
3: Yeah, I think my great-grandfather had already a coffee. My great-my uh, grandfather was uh, a chef who opened a restaurant with my father 25 years ago. Um, what was it called? It's called and San. Okay. So my... My granddad is, our, my back name is Murat, so it's Murat and son, which was my father, and uh, now he took over, he just got his second Michelin star, he's like, just a, one of those workaholics and a very good chef, and um, I've been working all always outside of Vienna, actually, I think with my 17th, I left to France, and then I went to Holland and Germany, and then for a short period back to Vienna. Now I'm in, in Berlin, but everybody in my family is cooking or, or waiting. <laughs> um, are there, were there
0: any like um, kind of lessons from youth, from your grandfather or, or father, that you still kind of carry with you um, in the way that you approach food and the way that you cook?
3: Yeah, yeah. of course. I mean, uh, I think like the taste is like something you, I learned. Like you know, when you eat always the food of your father or grandfather, or whatever. Like my taste is very. Um, how would you say that, uh, beeinflusst, beeinträchtigt, influenced. Uh, influenced, or like, brought up through my family, so informed. like, informed, so it's, um, I mean, it's just something like, learning to talk, you know, it was always about, about food, you know, so like, your surrounding is like, that's just how it came, so of course like, how I taste is definitely totally from my family and anything else, like, you you just learn, but the taste is not changing, I think, so... But, like, there's way too many lessons uh, (laughs) from my family, of course. And then, for you, I mean, how did you kind of get into wine, and what was
0: your
4: kind of discovery on that path? Have you always been in, in food? Yeah, I grew up in a restaurant, which was very good stuff with wine, I would say, and then I went to school with a few crazy guys. They've also had some wine bars and wine restaurants at home and the interest was very early in wine so we started then with a sommelier course in school when I was 16 and then I went on with the WECT, the Wines and Spirit Education Trust, when I was 19 and then I did the exam of the certified sommelier. First,
0: past first time? Yeah. Okay, well done.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The court of master sommelier and yeah. And then it became more fun than than learning by doing. It. Mm. Yeah.
1: And then you, Christoph, with the most culinary experience out of all out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a placement. <laughs> it was funny when I when uh, Willy and I started to look for wine like locations when we had this idea of we wanted to open up a wine bar in Berlin we actually went and I didn't know him yeah the, the story of how yeah. you two met is, yeah. is really good if yeah, you to we should no it. but just like when he did, why he passed on the first time with his yeah. this, this, the cold the, yeah. the we went to one bar that we looked at he's like hey there's another wine bar we should check out and someone dropped gave him a 76 Bordeaux something something and and blind and was like taste this and he just took it and sniffed it and spilled it and said I would say mid seventies, I'd say Bordeaux, I would say the right shore of the river and I would probably guess and it was all it was everything was right. Yeah. <laughs> he, was thinking, he just lucky nailed day. it. It was, yeah, yeah. it was a lucky day <laughs> and he just nailed it and I said
2: Oh, that
1: and, guy. He, and he took you to the wine, <laughs> but he probably wanted to impress you. Told yeah. No, I was. I, I suggested to go to that wine. Box. It was, it was
4: the, the first and only yeah.
1: time I <laughs> made <Yeah>. the wine. <laughs> to be honest, I, I you. need to impress my boss.
3: You should <laughs> open the wine, <laughs> please. A, we weren't
1: really boss or something like that at that time, and B, we it just it was just it was good. He nailed it. Come on, yeah. you have a lucky day, no, yeah, yeah. and uh, I was very impressed. I thought that guy. Should be running a wine bar. (laughs) Um,
0: So, so how? So, when after having that thought, um, there's a fourth partner. Like the story is really amazing, and also the 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 name and the meaning of the bar.
1: Okay, so these two are obviously Austrians, and I'm German, and I've been I don't know I've been interested in wine for some years now, and I've sort of fallen in love with Austrian wine uh, some five, six, seven years ago, longer Mm -hmm. even. And so I never really paid much attention to the classics. So everybody who works in wine will tell you Bordeaux and Burgundy, that's the shit. I was just so happy with my little stuff from Burgenland and, you know, Styria and whatever. That was enough for me. And so I wanted a wine bar that reflected that taste, me being German. I mean, let's do something German-Austrian. And that's where, that's what we did. That's kind of what we did. So there's these two Austrian clowns and... uh, and then there's, um, well, there's actually one more Austrian clown yeah. <laughs> who was instrumental in getting us all together, who lives near Hamburg. And uh, how did he connect the, the three of you? Well, he knew Willi, and Willi knew Lucas, and, it's, and then it's just a just circle a it's circle church.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, I mean, so, like, you had no culinary experience besides drinking and, and eating before? It's,
1: it's, well, and eating wasn't even paying, playing much of a role. Yeah, really. just drinking. It was drinking. Just it was drinking. drinking. Yes.
0: So, um, kind of, where did the inspiration and, and, you know, where did the kind of thought to be, like, let's open up a, a wine bar? It was missing.
1: Yeah. It was simply missing. We came, we went to a show, Radiohead, I think it was, and that we wanted to get a good wine, good bottle of wine after this great show. And we failed, we fell flat. And so we just, uh, that's when the idea came up that we kind of need a place that is, you know, 11 midnight, you can still get a good, literally 10 years ago, you could not find, or five years ago even, I don't think you could find a a great bottle of wine um, in in a surrounding that isn't Michelin star restaurant in Berlin at midnight. So there was a need for it. And where does the name come from? Oh well. <laughs> there's a what you know so okay so you, you people in the US might not know this but um, there's a little sport called football not American Story of football. Success. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so Austria is like Canada to you, the little brother, you know, nearby. And so Austrians Anyway, Austria and Germany met in Argentina in a city called Cordoba, and they played football. And Austria kicked German out of the competition in a World Cup. The defending champion, Germany, Puff, got sent home by Austria, the little brother from down south. So this is a big deal to the Austrians. And it, it was, was the
3: only time they ever won against Germany in a yes, competition.
1: competition. Probably. And so, and then they never got back to go to another World Cup. So they sit at home. And watch games, <laughs> watch that game in a replay <laughs> when others go to on to World Cups. So the, it's, it was it was became famous as the the shame of Cordoba from a German point of view and the miracle of Cordoba from a, from a, a, a Austrian point of view. And when my Austrian partner Gerhard, who I, I I've been running around Berlin asking people to open up a wine bar with me because I had no experience, and they all went nah nah not interested. This guy was not only interested; he replied. Yes, a German Austrian wine bar and we'll call it Cordobar and I was like <laughs> dang that's the spirit that's that's it right there that's that's you've nailed it you know and uh, and then and so he not only does he does he have culinary um, I mean he's been sommelier of the year you know and, and it's, he's just like a super connected great guy um, who knows people, and he, you know, he had him in his in his restaurant at the time. And, really, who no, you know, pointing to? Yeah, uh, oh, this is uh, <laughs> On radio. Uh, Billy, So Billy, the Buddy Holly lookalike, that came out of his kitchen, going like, "What is it?" <laughs> he was wearing different glasses there. This more pawn industry. Back then, it was more like you know. Um, okay, well, we're going to take a quick
0: musical break, and then we're going to talk about the restaurant, the food program, the wine program, and the vibe. Uh, We'll be right back on Snacky Tunes.
5: The darkest view tonight Looking out my window at the tears Could turn back time. I'd do it all the same. I lost my heart, I lost my brain that first night. I fall in love so fast, it's just like. Fade into black in the night
0: that like the menu is alive and it's kind of ever-changing you know what is your or what has been your approach since from the beginning and you know how does it continue to evolve um, the food that you're putting out
3: well um, I think the it was never planned to be food at Codoba um, because it was supposed to be a wine bar um, and so they were very conscious about not making it again one of those uh, Michelin star restaurants The only ones where you can drink wine After Radiohead mm-hmm. So um, So we started very basic With like ham and cheese and stuff But um, After a month I think I realized I said Because it's We have quite a big place You know It's like I mean for For, for a wine widely It's 70 seats 60 67 66 66. 62 So it's 66 seats Which is quite a lot for a wine bar For like uh, For 8 hours to get full So we Just um, Kind of got a little bit More foodie after a month, I think, and just... Um, what do you mean, after a month? You started with a full menu. Yeah, but it was just like <laughs> little, little bits and bobs. Uh, uh, I mean, not a menu. It was food,
1: but
4: was a
3: <laughs>
1: menu. It looked exactly like today's menu. There was cold snacks, warm yeah, snacks, yeah. sweet
3: stuff, um, and it was from day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because everybody just can order whatever he wants. We always have vegetarian fish and meat options, obviously. Um, I think it's quite creative for a wine bar, I would say. It's nothing too usual. Um, And um, I was never really a fan of, like, um, just choosing for one kind of type, like being like, oh, we're Nordic now, or we're doing this, or we're doing that, or we only get regional stuff or that. So we just do everything, you know, which gives you a million of possibilities, you know. If you, I mean, it's good if you put yourself, like, in a circle, but we never have done this. So we have from Asian flavors to nordic whatever we just do everything you know and we change the menu also quite often i think like three four dishes a week it's 20 dishes on the menu um, and, and what kind of uh, you know in
0: the I guess the wine selection but is it does like the wine lead the food does the food lead the wine or like how do the two kind of worlds intersect they don't the concept it is they don't match they work
1: against each other <laughs> I mean diametrically it's, yes, opposed contradiction
3: I think like uh, it's just um, I think once we had like one uh, winemaker dancers it was Keller, I think and it, it was, was Pity it was Pity Kella. maybe it was I think it was Keller. actually was one Kella, actually. and he was like saying like This is crazy, like you're one of the most famous wine bar, but no wine ever fits to the food. But still, both of it is really great, you know, so this is kind of like, I don't know, when I go eat, I can't focus on both of it. So if I go eat, I'm going to eat my plate and focus on that. And there's no place for me to, to like try the wine next to it. So I drink and eat. So I think this is how we just always have been doing it and I, I think, think it was part of the concept as I well. Think so because too. If,
4: if you would like to have corresponding wines to the food you can go to a Michelin yeah. uh, star restaurant and so it was like having fine and food is old school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: but that's, I mean you, you you are the first uh, that I have ever interviewed that has kind of had, had that concept. So like as someone with your extensive knowledge where like you are both deep encyclopedias and, and you know like the notes of you know this wine, and the notes of this food. Do you have to like go out of your way to not bring them together, or do you
1: just—that's no, why it works. Oh, that's why they—they have, they have the funda- both have a fundamental understanding. There is there's never been much of a, of this thought process not, not, there's no
3: concept here that's, okay. that's the yeah. first thing you have to understand there is no But everybody's telling us that we have a great concept yeah. oh. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting awards
1: for the concept right, yeah. right in the center yet they, we've never even you know. And, and at some point we realized we're, we're so without a concept the wines and the food don't actually match <laughs> we had a, a tasting of supremely amazing Pinot Noirs upstairs here in the tasting room in our private dining lounge, um, we did Pinot Noirs all the way back to I don't know what. And Lucas sent a course of food that just ruined the entire tasting. And, and people were because he didn't know what was going on. Up here. And it was amazing. I mean, people loved it, but it was it was it killed. You know, it it almost killed the whole thing. As an <laughs> outsider, let me ask: like, How
0: how much does it really ruin? Like, if let's say enjoyment is hundred percent. Berlauch. What's
1: Berlof in, in, uh, in? Remsen. Rems and it's co- uh, wild garlic basically. So, you know, when you send a course that is super heavy on wild garlic, well, like a lamb wrapped in.
3: Lamb, and, lamb and, neck wrapped yeah. in Rems and with.
1: Go, go, go taste some wine for the <laughs> next 15 minutes. You know, yeah. like, you'll be surprised how the wine well, is losing the people out.
3: Were, the people are probably happy that they have a break for 15 minutes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like Jesus, but in a different way.
3: Yeah. But
4: then the food <laughs> makes water just so mind-blowingly water. great that yeah. you're
3: like, okay, this is this is amazing. You know.
0: So <laughs> since you have like total independence from uh, the, the food, I mean, how do you... Go about, you know, selecting your wines, like what is your, you know, featuring it and, you know, what is it, you know, exciting to you and, you know, kind of the German wine scene in 2016? Depressing. Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: no. I think everybody, I mean, I think like what I've, what I think, why is this working? Because everybody's just always have been doing what he really likes. Like wine concept wise, you bought the wines you guys really loved. It was. It was and great. We, we got together,
1: and we made a list of winemakers, and it was completely and utterly complementary. To the point where I, 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 said this, 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 this. Then really added that, 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 that and they made the perfect sense. Region wise, uh, from philosophy, from where they come yeah. from, almost everything was is, is was like. And then, and and, and I think that's to me. Is was the, it's the biggest pride is that you can walk in here and you can I mean you can drink a glass of wine for four euros and I think people in New York don't even know. <laughs> A glass for four euros. Yeah. So you can come in here and drink a and get a glass of four euros fifty or something, and it, it'll be great accordingly to the price. But it'll be great, and and then you can go and spend four hundred fifty euros on a bottle if you like, and it might be great. But but there's never been a bad glass of wine poured in this place. That's the idea. And that's that's the you concept. You know. of yeah. yeah. But I think
3: this is also like when you have this price arrangement. What is really nice in our place is like that we have such a mixed crowd. This is what makes me the most proud of our, on the yeah. place, you know? Like often you go to a place like, for example, in Neukölln and you just have like all those people who don't really have any knowledge about it. It's just a really cool place, so they all run there, you know? And I feel like here it's like, you yeah, have from really young guys like under, not under 18, obviously, but um, some somewhere around there until like 60 years, 70 years old, it's a really nice mix is what I really like about the restaurant because it gives you also a really nice atmosphere. So I mean, uh,
0: So it's been five years. You know, how have you seen kind of the wine? Since you were like one of the not the first to do this, how have you seen it evolve? Have you seen other wine bars pop up? Have you seen people try to kind of?
1: Recapture what you've done here How's the landscape changed in the last five years? Oh
3: yes, that
1: happened There's a lot going on, wine's becoming Wine's becoming more and more of a thing Wine didn't, didn't matter at all Most people when I, when I run around and say Hey, you want to open up a wine bar with me? They're like, look, Germans, they don't drink wine If Germans drink wine, it's bad crap from Italy or France It's shit, you don't want it And basing a bar concept around those features When Germans really just want beer Beer and he wanted to be Austrian and Italian and German, and, and 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 most Germans don't even know there is such a thing as Austrian wine. Honestly, get lost. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reaction I got. So. Do having done that and be having been swept to the top really fast? With, so what were early days like before we get to current
0: thing? Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, like with like the first year, did people like poke their heads in? Were you able to pull
1: from like your we were, music like, background? We, from 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 day one, we were like the, the the we had the all the winemakers came for a party and they all went back home and said, "Oh, what a place!" <laughs> um, and so and then it was just. We became the box to tick. If you're interested in wine and you went to Berlin, we became the box to tick really fast, right. really quick. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. It happened like that. I mean, you, so I mean, other you places extensive connections in the music industry and yeah, people. Yeah, but it's not so much in music industry. It was culinary. It was like the industry. The, it yeah. was the chefs. Mm. It was the sommeliers from other restaurants. You know, People from the restaurants cleaned up, their, closed up their kitchen, came in for another drop. I mean, they, yeah. it was also, what, the first... When were you able to not close at five a.m. after half a year? I don't know. Like was, if we were, this is like the Berghain of wine bars. <laughs> Never close. Cool. <laughs> um, and Willy really was looking good at the time.
3: <laughs> I think, uh, and then, but also then, I think there's way more wine bars now. Yeah, totally. Like wine yeah. bars have been opening, concepts have been copied also quite often, yeah. I guess which is concept yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: so there's um, there's natural wine bars and there's another natural wine yeah. we never we never said we want to be a natural wine bars I think we have the best natural wines in, in Berlin yeah <laughs> and the best selection Ooh. and there's and there's natural wine bars
3: they all have Which the same. Which just exist because it's yeah. really cool to have a natural yes. wine bar. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know
3: they don't even have any knowledge about wine or good wine because there's right. a lot of terrible natural wine as
1: well. And they buy from, from one wine bar, wine dealer, one right. natural wine dealer. So they all have the same natural wines. And there's now a, a couple of bars, and it's good. I mean, it's good if if, if it. If it makes people more sensitive to the topic of wine and natural yeah. wine, then that, I think that's all good. That all plays into our cards. They'll end up here at some point. Yeah, they'll kind of
2: like <laughs> shift
0: out. So, um, what is like kind of the one thing that you feel like people get? Since like you know they say they just buy natural wine and bad wine, like what is the one thing you think that people get wrong about wine, um, or maybe even more specific about German and Austrian wine that they might have like a misconception about?
1: Mm. There's a lot of things people yes. get wrong about German wine. So people in in, in your in your neck of the woods, people think uh, German wine is all about sweet Riesling, mm. uh, which is and there's amazing sweet Riesling and there's really terrible sweet Riesling and yes. there is all that, but there's a ton of other stuff. And that Riesling actually, like in 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 the, the top notch quality of Riesling, can become if you get the right winemaker and the right year and the right grow, you'll it's It beats in complexity and depth and amazement. It it can compete with any fine Burgundy for like a a fraction of the price. So that's one great thing that people don't really think and know. And in Austria, there's a lot more going on than in Germany in terms Mm.
3: of. So what was the question again? Interesting misconceptions Misconceptions about
1: misconceptions about um, German Austrian German Austrian wine. I think Austria isn't
4: existing in the international wine market, so there's low, Austria is less than 2% of export in the international market, so nobody knows about Austrian wines. Mm. There are a few New Yorker, because of Aldo Homme and Le Bernardin Wine bar because he's doing a lot for Austrian wines,
2: mm-hmm.
4: or the Waldsee in New York, but nobody talks about Austrian wines, I guess. But there's a lot a lot going on with native grapes as Blaufränkisch, Zweigli, and Grunewetlina, things like that. And they're becoming better and better. And after the big wine scandal in 86, mm-hmm. the quality increase, increased a lot. So.
0: Um, so kind of last question, you know, uh, what is on the horizon or what is kind of coming next uh, for this? Just more wine not paired with food, uh, any other kind of like things that people can be excited about or, or keep their eyes open for?
3: Uh, I've just
1: found an Israeli artist who I think is the shit. (laughs) 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 I'm going to focus on my record label for a while and let these guys do some arm wrestling and then whoever wins... To do the next concept. Oh, perfect. Without much of a concept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without a concept. No, we have some ideas, but it's kind of too early to talk about, really. Fine. I
0: think. Um, well, I want to thank you for making time. I know there's a, a football match that needs to be <laughs> attended to,
1: but um, where can people find you? Website, Instagram, I don't know. www.cordobar.net. Slash EN is for English, right away. Um, um, or
3: or single woman on village Schlögel's Facebook <laughs> site
1: <laughs> Facebook Willi Schlögel works perfect <laughs> yeah. so um, put, put a ring on it dot t- 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 at. Yeah. All right. On Instagram
3: I would just like oh. to say um, hello to Robertas and I love that place really yes. you to tell them that it was one of the best pizzas i ever had I will absolutely let them know um, and then, oh, you said Instagram
0: as well. Yeah. Strong Instagram game. <laughs> Strong-ish. <laughs> um all right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick musical break and we'll be back with the second part of Snacky Tunes.
4: This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. In our industrial world, most wines have become brands, but the wines I love are so much more. Fine wine is a civilizing substance that connects us
3: to nature. It cannot be stamped out in a factory. If you're listening to this great show, you probably eat different. I urge you to drink different too. Go deeper. Cane5.com
0: You heard it right. What is that instrument again?
6: The vibraslap.
0: The vibraslap, yeah. It's like well placed in that song. Like uh, maybe they use it like once or twice, but they really just save it right for the for the end.
6: Yeah, save the best for last.
0: Yeah, um, I am one half your host, Snagitunes, Greg Brosnitz. Uh, we have Heideman, aka Monica H, uh, live in studio. Uh, thanks. Big shout out to Andrew J Six.
2: <laughs>
6: As he is <laughs> in <Andrew> our phone.
0: Andrew from <laughs> J6. Andrew from J6. I don't even know if he associates that, but that's how he is right. in our phone.
6: Yeah, we both realize we both have him in our phone that way.
0: Yeah. Um, many bands ago. Many bands ago. Um, speaking of many bands ago, you've had many, many bands. I have. Do um, you want to rattle off some of the former projects?
6: Uh, well, current. Well, currently, I have this project, and then I also play in, play synth in the Wall McLean, and also passes um, is more a great band from from Denmark and also half the time in New York um, I was in a in a pop band called Xylos where I was singing and then before that I had kind of a solo uh, kind of proggy jazzy rock thing uh, under my own name once again
0: yeah um. So you started 10 years ago, you were saying, with your own name project, and now you've dropped the first name, and you're just going by a last name. Mm-hmm. What was the decision to, or or is, is there any tie between the former project and the current project, or is it just in name only?
6: Just in name. You know, my cell's regenerated, so <laughs> I got a new name.
0: Um, and uh, let's just talk about Wama Clean for like half a second. Yeah. Because I saw you play at um, what is uh, now... Another defunct uh, venue cameo.
6: Oh yeah, that
0: show was amazing.
6: Oh yeah, which one did you go to? Um, the last one or the f- one of the first ones? The
0: last one. Oh great. I was uh, I was out sick and was like I will just like try to make it for the second one. It was great. That new record is great and the the band put together is is awesome.
6: Yeah, it's been great playing with them.
0: Um, so let's talk about the current project and um, how to you know. This songs kind of come together, like where do you pull the inspiration from for this kind of given 10 years of synth playing and your history? Or...
6: Uh, well, I think it really came from playing in bands for so long and I never really got to create things on my own, mm-hmm. um, either out of thinking that I couldn't or just not wanting to or not, not even thinking about it really. And I think after, what's that? I was going to say, why did
0: you think you couldn't?
6: Um, I think because at the time I wasn't like super into electronic stuff or production and I was just more like, oh, I'm a singer mm. and, and I, I like synths, but like I've, I'm never going to, or not I'm never going to, but like I didn't, I was more focused on like being a singer, I guess, and like writing, writing songs. And I would write with like with bass or bass synth a lot and like have a lot of um, make, make connections with like, like harmony and, and bass lines and melody and Stuff, but I never got into the technical aspects of it um, until I kind of decided that I wanted to. And it of course, there's like a, a learning curve involved <laughs> to get past the technical stuff. But I just kind of like broke my brain against it for a couple years. It's and an, it's amazing. Still how, am. But yeah. yeah.
0: But it's amazing how people feel like you know I'm too old or right. I can't do that, and then you just kind of put like one little small foot in front of the other and yeah you're like you're like oh I learned this synth or I learned this like arpeggiator or, yeah or, or like anything so
6: yeah I think also I mean I've I've always like loved synth since I was a child and uh I just never they always they kind of intimidated me to be honest like once I actually had like a real one in front of me what
0: was the first one that you've kind of broke your head against but felt that uh you master
6: um, the first, like the first synth that I got was a uh, was the Korg Poly 800, which actually isn't like the easiest synth to really learn, as far as like you started are on
0: medium, <laughs> yeah.
6: I, I it was like a you know a, a relatively inexpensive or a inexpensive synth, but to program that is sort of a huge pain in the ass, and it's not a very good synth to mess with in a live setting. It's more of those kind of synths that you just. Find your sound and like hope, and then go with that for whatever song. I mean, unless you mod it and get all crazy with that, but I haven't done that yet.
0: I mean, there's there's still more to learn.
6: There's it seems endless, yeah. and there's the whole modular world, which is really like taking off and has taken off. And,
0: and how did you crazy. how did you teach yourself, or where did you start?
6: Uh. I had you know some friends. I would ask them things and annoy the shit out of them and and i I literally like couldn't understand it. like mm. like there's like the con like certain concepts of it just like would not integrate themselves in my brain. and I was just like, Oh my God, why can't I learn this?' And I felt really stupid and then like, you just I just would remember just like staring at a synth and like all the and then, and then all of a sudden like this thing just like opens up in your brain and it's like this huge epiphany on like how it works and you're like, oh my god I can get this now and then there's like another thing another layer and it keeps like going and going
0: uh, Can we hear a song Sure see, see how effortless that was yeah <laughs> uh, what are you gonna play for us first
6: I'm gonna play a song off um, my newish EP it's called um, so in love I'm so in love
0: So you mentioned that you have loved synths since childhood. Mm -hmm. What is it that grabbed you about them uh, before, you know, you loved them before you understood them? Yes. (laughs) I just knew. (laughs) What was it that spoke um, to you?
6: I I don't really know. It's just the sound, you know, like a sound just gets to you. And I think a lot of it, like, I watched a lot of music videos when I was a kid from the 80s and, like... I used to like have to watch like the MTV top ten video countdown like at the at the end of the week, every week. And you know, at the time there's like all these bands with synths and a lot of like DX sevens and Casio's and stuff and there was just something about about the sound and I, I just remember like wanting one so badly for Christmas and I I was taking piano lessons and when I was a kid and I was like, Oh, I want like a Casio for for some reason that was like the name that stood out from probably from some music video and uh, and I remember my dad got me a Casio but it was like one of those kind of like Casio tone like with like the program beats and
0: I I think we still have one in our attic
6: yeah uh, I still have mine too in my dad's attic (laughs) but I remember being really bummed out yeah no (laughs) I remember like even in fourth grade being like Like, playing it and, like, being like, that's not the sound that I want. Like, I wanted, like like wave waves and stuff. I wanted like sawtooths and square, uh, and you know? To-
0: yes. Totally. But I didn't
6: know that I wanted that. Right. I just remember like being like, oh, electric piano. Like this is not <laughs> what, what was, like, I the, wanted. The rumba
0: beat. J- yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Tango,
6: rumba, so,
0: so, two step. Uh, yeah. just uh, You're like, hmm, this is not, this is not what I envisioned this yeah, would be. no,
6: not at all. And I just remember being like, and I didn't understand why I was so bummed. Cause I was just, cause I didn't have anyone else. My parents are like, I mean, they were into music, but they're, like, into kind of classical music, and they're, like, immigrants and didn't, like, weren't exposed to, you know, rock that much or, or uh, pop, who, you know.
0: Who were some of the bands um, that influenced you kind of early on?
6: Uh, pretty much just pop bands. No, nothing too obscure. I think, like, my favorite albums were, like, uh, Cyndi Lauper, She's So Unusual. That was, like, a big one. Madonna. Pretty, pretty classic.
0: I know I, Sorry <laughs> for Round the distraction applause. There's a huge uh, Surprise birthday party Going on In the background. Simultaneously right Simultaneously You're doing I mean
6: They're not clapping For, for they're, my They're like my Madonna tri- Yes My childhood <laughs> choices Cindy
0: Lauper Oh I, my I god I agree Oh yes of course She was amazing She got robbed <laughs> that Friday Should've been number one um,
6: Seriously Underrated pop star uh,
0: Can we hear another song? Sure uh, What are you going to play For us this time?
6: Um, this one is called Swords And it's from my first um, EP called Orphan
0: So EP came out uh, earlier this spring.
6: Yes, in April. Congratulations! The one,
0: yeah. Um, what's up for? I guess I guess summer's almost done. So I guess what's I know, up for right? the fall? Man, that's that's like heartbreaking that summer's almost done.
6: I know, I like, got all of a sudden cold, not cold, but yeah. like, you know, a balmy eighty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, and you can kind of feel the cold yeah, you can the, feel the it's fall like creeping in. Yeah,
0: that's okay. How's your fall clothing it's all right. game?
6: Uh, well, I'm going to LA. I'm gonna try and keep it oh. keep it alive, oh. keeping summer alive.
0: <laughs> like, refuse to pack any jackets. It's just shorts, yes. tank tops. Exactly. Um, so, LA, uh, any shows coming up?
6: Uh, yeah, actually, I have one at uh, Come On Everybody. Oh, amazing! Mm-hmm. And uh, when well, September first? Oh, perfect. So, yeah,
0: great. You should come. Yeah, of course. Who else is playing?
6: Uh, my friend. Uh, is playing she goes by the name um, Trash Magnolia she's a it's kind of like electronic uh, bouncy New Orleans but not jazz-ish jazz-ish jazzy but electronic with a trashy Okay. Overtones. That sounds great. Yeah.
0: That sounds like really. That actually sounds really. Yeah. Fine. She's an
6: old friend of mine, and she's amazing. So. Is she it's from New Orleans, or, or? Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, we'll make sure we have time for one more song. Um, where can people find your two EPs? Where can they find you? On the usuals. The, the usual usuals. places.
6: <laughs> um, I mean, if you want a physical copy, you can go to Bandcamp, but you know, Spotify, iTunes etc. Can we talk about Bandcamp shows. for
0: a second? Yeah, yeah. They are great.
6: Thank you. I love them. Yeah.
0: They um and they they're I feel like super underrated. Yeah. But um I feel they like they probably more than most have done a really good job for making a lot of bands that we book on here like direct kind of like access to them and to learn their music and discover a lot of stuff.
6: Yeah, I know it's great and like for uh, you know like people don't really buy physical stuff anymore, but, like, for for an online store for that kind of thing, and if you don't have some major distributor doing that for you, and it's, like, amazing, because yeah. you, you know, you just go direct,
0: and... It's it's awesome, and there's also a lot of bands that do fun stuff, like, um, people sell cassettes, you get the digital, and you get the cassette, Yeah. but I don't know, I don't have a cassette player, but, you know. Oh, you don't? No.
6: I have a couple I can give you. Oh, one. really?
0: Yeah. I, oh, I might have one, it might be in the Casio, next to Casio Oh, yeah, Attic, it's probably in the probably. same... Probably the same kind of like
6: same department. Yeah, the same
0: the same sad place of (laughs) departed electronics that we that went for the '80s. Um, Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to the Cadobar guys. Um, Thank you to Mr. Andrew Raposo, uh, wherever he might be. Um, Shout out to the family, to Meatball, to Ornella. Thanks to Pierre for stepping in today. It was a great man. Uh, Dave, hope you had a good time in Philly. We will be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes. Um, what's the name of the last song you're going to play for us?
6: Uh, this one's called My Pet, and it's on the, uh, the new EP that just came out.
0: Okay. Um, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week.